All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Walt Secure is our expert. He's the managing partner of the AKW Group in Akron and in Pennsylvania. This half hour, we'll talk about how the AKW Group invests their clients' money in individually owned stocks in custom-made portfolios to suit the need of each client. If you want to find out more about that this half hour or find out more about the stock market and stocks that interest you, give us a call anytime at 330-673-1234. That's out of Akron, toll free 800-669-4100 for WNR.com, 800-669-4100. So, Walt, well, uh, it seems that in just a, just a month, in just a month, uh, what uh, was hot is now cold. What were the favorites of 2022 are now the dogs. It's a lot of change going on there in the market. There really is, Bob, and, and I think it's going to test, uh, you know, who's really an investor. Uh, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. I, I think we were... You know, saying through last year that the market doesn't go straight up, there there's going to be times where volatility rears its ugly head, and it's going to test. Uh, you know, those that are speculators will probably run for the door, and those that investors that know what they own and not know why they own it will continue to have confidence and continue to invest. But if we look at the numbers for the week, um, they were ugly. I mean, we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average fall uh, 1,646 points. That's a 4.6% decline, and that Dow Jones Industrial Average now sits at negative 5.7% year-to-date. The NASDAQ fell 1,124 points, down 7.6%. And that NASDAQ now sits year-to-date at negative 12%, definitely in correction territory. Uh, the S&P 500 was off 265 points for the week, down 5.7%, and sits year-to-date at negative 7.7%. And those small mid-cap stocks had a rough week down 174 points, down 8.1%. And year-to-date, we're down 11.5%. So, you know, Bob, we, we talked for two years, um, you know, after the pandemic about, you know, almost every week we talk about things really going higher. I mean, we had a couple downturns. It seemed like everybody bought the dips. And uh, this year is going to be a different type of year, I think. It's going to, you know, be a little bit more volatility. Um, it may take a little bit longer uh, for, you know, things to kind of wash through the system. And, uh, again, it, it is truly going to test the investors out there. So are people right now, they're obviously worried, but are they panicking? Uh, I don't think anyone should be panicking. I think there are some people that are panicking. <clears throat> but again, you know, we're not. Uh, we're extremely confident, again, because we are investors. We do know what we own. We do know why we own it. We, 
uh, expect volatility. Uh, volatility creates opportunity. Um, so, you know, we're continuing to uh, look for the best ways to upgrade the portfolio as things get weaker. Um, you know, gives opportunities to, to make some trades, to, to move some things around into maybe stocks that uh, you always wanted to own but couldn't find the right prices. So I, I think you have to look at it that way. Uh, it's a good time to look at asset allocations as the market drops to say, you know, maybe you had some money on that safe conservative side that you can start thinking about, you know, maybe moving it a little bit more towards the growth or more aggressive side. So I, I think these are all things that you need to do when when you're thinking about an investment strategy. And what about the, the phone calls you're getting from your clients? What are they saying, if, if anything? Well, I, I think a lot of our clients, we make proactive phone calls, Bob. We don't get too many calls like that coming in. You know, I was on the phone, and we're doing early reviews this year, you know, trying to talk to people and prepare them. We we were doing it last year to prepare them for, you know, maybe some tougher times ahead, knowing that it wasn't going to go straight up. But, uh, you know, I think the conversations are simple, and, and we, we continue to, you know, go through the, the strategy and the allocations that we have in place. And, uh, making sure that you know people remain confident and and continue to think you know three five years out with their investment plans. Now, uh, when you think about this right now, when with the strategy, what to do in the light of this market volatility, rising risks, uh, people are saying why not sell and get back on the sidelines and buy back in when the market falls again, uh, sell high and buy low kind of idea. Well, what to what do you think about that for the market right now? never tell anyone to completely go out of the market. You know, at times, Bob, we do raise a little bit of cash uh, as a hedge. In our most aggressive portfolio, the small mid-cap portfolio, the last couple weeks, we did raise some cash. We currently sit at a 30% uh, cash position, you know, kind of seeing the volatility coming and trying to get ahead of it a little bit. Again, with the idea that we're going to put that money back in. Um, In our more core portfolios or balanced portfolios, we really haven't done how much of raising cash, but it, you know, we caution people to try to time the market. You know, to completely come out or go back in. Uh, we know there's this old study that's done. Um, you can find it out on the internet where they talk about missing the best days of the market. I'm holding one here from J.P. Morgan that, that's on their website that you know shows that if you miss the you know the 30, 30 best days of the market, your return would go from a positive return if you, if you look over the last twenty years you go from about a 7.5% return to a negative return, just missing 30 best days. And and in the study, it also says that often, you know, the, the best days uh, occur within two weeks of the worst days. So I think when people start to lose resolve um, and, and they panic or they sell, they, they might be setting themselves up for really missing a lot of the recovery that comes shortly after. So I think those are all things to keep in mind. We're talking to Walt Sakara of the AKW Group about the market, about investing, about stocks, and what's going on with them. Well, we talk about stocks, and of course there are bonds and there's cash in relation to risk. Uh, let's talk about the history and what it tells us what's important about the relationship between these three primary forms of investment. Well, I think this is what we talk about risk, Bob. It's just the the, the vol, you know, the variance of the return. If you, if you look at stocks. Uh, there's a great website out there by Aswath Demodian. He's a professor at the Stern School of Business in New York. If you go to his webpage, he has an incredible amount of data there, and I was kind of sifting through that data. Um, if you look at you know stocks uh, over uh, since 1928, you know the the highest return was 52.6 percent. 
Uh, the lowest return was negative 43%. If, if you look at bonds, the best return was 32.8%. The worst return was negative 11%. And, of course, cash never gets you a negative return. And, and we did have some high returns when interest rates were really high. Uh, back in the in the 70s and 80s, but you know, from from our end, that's what risk is. It's it's the variance. It's the the amount of return, how quick it can change, the ups and downs. Uh, it's not really losing all your money. You know, most of the stocks we look at are not at risk of going out of business. However, their stock price can vary very greatly from from moment to moment, from day to day, from week to week, to month to month. And uh, but that risk also creates higher returns. So I think that's really what we take away as we look at historical data. Now, news-wise, for the past week, the big item is the coming up is a Federal Reserve meeting this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. The Chairman Jerome Powell will give us update on Wednesday afternoon. And of course, the big topic in most investors' minds is what are they going to do about interest rates and how high are they going to rise? How high are they going to raise them during this inflationary period? Is there anything else they're going to look at? Well, I think they're going to look at their bond buying program, you know, the support that they provided to the fixed income market um, with the balance sheet and the purchases that they've made and, and slowing that program down. They already talked that they were winding that back. And as you said, interest rates are, are going to be a topic. And, you know, the Federal Reserve, as we said, is a, a tough place. They're probably a little bit behind the curve, you know, looking at the, the impacts of inflation. So, It'll be interesting to see what they say and what they do. I, th- I think there's sometimes a divide there. I think they posture. Uh, they may be slow. I think the market is definitely, you know, pricing in and rate increases. And we'll see if that actually happens this week. So it'll be very interesting to look and see what the Fed does. They've been a very important component uh, to the market over the last couple years and will continue to be as we move forward. Talking to Walt Secure, the AKW Group, and again, if you have any questions or comments about the market or questions about your own holdings, give us a call at 330-673-1234 and get Walt's own take on what you've got. Uh, looking at our Trends and Insights section of the program this morning, uh, Walt looks at all kinds of things that are happening in the world, and, and one of them uh, is how it kind of come out uh, for interest to him. A Harris survey poll showed that uh, what people felt about their financial health. Now, in the most recent poll, 34% of the respondents felt they were very financially healthy. The last quarter, 48% felt that way. What are the insights came out of this survey, and why is it important? Well, Bob, I think it shows that, you know, a little bit of change can change people's uh, feelings very dramatically. But it was interesting to see in this survey that uh, the average income where people feel comfortable is is about 122,000, uh, which a lot of people are below that if you look at it nationally. So uh, it's tough out there. As prices continue to increase, and I think that's the impacts of inflation. It makes people feel less healthy, and I think that's how you know as we're looking at what's happening right now. I think that's the impact of inflation. As prices go up, it starts to make people feel less stable. If confidence starts to drop, then people stop spending, and if people stop spending in our economy, it can definitely, you know, impact the growth and, and, and you know, the, the GDP and, you know, maybe even push us towards recession. So there's, there's a very slippery slope that we go down here, and it's why inflation really has to be dealt with and taken care of. Another piece of information that came out last week are about folks who are called influencers, who are making money off that uh, off that position? People using social media and their followers to leverage them into cash dollars. Uh, someone named Charles D'Amelio is said to have earned 17.5 million dollars from her TikTok status, according to an estimate from Forbes magazine. Well, who is this person? And how does he make money off of TikTok? <laughs> 
Well, I think influencers, Bob, have become a big part of social media. I think it's uh, it shows, you know, how savvy advertisers are out there. They realize that, you know, personalities just aren't the celebrities like we used to think of in, in the old days, you know, uh, TV actors or movie actors or athletes. I mean, now there are people with personalities out on social media that really garner a lot of attention and, you know, are being paid quite heavily to uh, promote products and talk about brands and you know they're 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 out there with huge audiences you know some of these influencers have millions and millions you know 50 million 100 million people following them uh, when they talk about something that's a lot of reach um so it's very interesting to see the dynamics and the changes and the power of social media another piece of information came out of england the university of bristol medical school did studies to find that streaming services like netflix and chill may not be the healthiest choice well, there's a big increase in blood clots, you know, 35% increase developing blood clots in legs and lungs with people sitting around and not being as active. So, uh, you know, Netflix, uh, you know, had some tough earnings this week, which we'll talk about. But, I mean, there's also that dormant lifestyle. I mean, I think a lot of us maybe have sit around a little too much with the pandemic, and it's why people need to get back up and move, Bob. And, of course, workforce woes. We know about the big resignation, but also another part of what the workforce is uh, is hurting is that they say now some 8.8 million adults say they cannot work because either they are sick or caring for someone who is sick. And this is the highest number on record of folks who are, are home ill or caring for somebody who is. It is, Bob. It's, it's causing, you know, those workforce issues that we talked about, it's it's hard for employers to find labor out there and people are dealing with health issues and, and have less flexibility, you know, when you, when you have these illnesses. So, uh, you know, when you talk about the great resignation, a lot of people that are you're quitting or moving away from the work or retiring, and then you throw on health issues on top of that, it's a, it's a, it's a tough world out there. You know, if you're an employer finding good people to, to work and uh, that'll be something that we continue to struggle with through the year. And uh, finally, you know, electric and electronic vehicles are very much interested of, in, of investors right now, very much of interest. Uh, their imagination that kind of swells, I forget, for that. And how about the, the metaverse, too, is continuing to dominate the headlines and investors' conversations. And also uh, with the consumers, also, uh, Motor Trend Magazine, uh, this month's issue has uh, dedicated itself now to following the, uh, the electric vehicle market more than they're going to follow the uh, petrol vehicle market. So this is a very, very significant shift in both uh, manufacturing and, and consumer interest. Uh, and how can a, somebody benefit from this if they're going to be an investor? Well, Bob, I think you have to continue to learn, you know, these terms that are thrown out. It's kind of like we, like we said, you know, investors, uh, the imagination and excitement are captured by these, these concepts. But you got to continue to, you know, look, dig deep and Look for proper insights. Um, you know, I read probably five, six different articles on the metaverse uh, this last week. Electric vehicles we've been talking about, you know, for really for the last year pretty heavily on this show. And, you know, we'll continue to talk about these trends and the development of these trends over time. But uh, nothing takes, uh, takes the place of good research and insight and, you know, trying to make sure that you truly understand anything you, you do before you put money into it. 
Once again, talking to Walt Secura of the AKW Group in Akron, investors and other clients' money, individually owned stocks. If you have any questions now for our Stock Talk segment, 330-673-1234. You have a particular stock of interest or that you own or you want to sell or want to buy, see what Walt thinks about it. 330-673-1234 here on Invest Wisely. So in Stock Talk, uh, Netflix, again, uh, holding in your empowering women portfolio is uh, not doing as well. They dropped $128, over 24% of their share value. Still trading at three ninety-seven dollars a share, but why did Netflix uh, drop off so much? And what does this mean for Netflix and other these uh, streaming media services? Bob, it had a rough week. You know, if you, if you look at the numbers, I mean, the numbers weren't bad at all. You know, I mean, the revenue was $7.7 billion. Uh, for the quarter, over $6.6 billion the year prior. That's a 16% increase. I mean, it's not a bad number, Bob. And earnings were $1.33 versus $1.19. That's a 12% earnings increase. Um, it's just that these companies, there's such high expectations. And, you know, people read so heavily into the, the paid subscriptions and, you know, how many new, uh, you know, people they're finding for the streaming services. They... They look at all the different areas. Uh, there was some weakness, you know, in India, uh, which which impacted, you know, some of the investors' concerns about, you know, Netflix. But, you know, for us, if, if we're just looking at the, the power of the story and, and the growth of the story, I mean, again, still some pretty decent numbers. But the stock got hammered, you know. I mean, it was off, like you said, $110 last week, almost 22% drop. Nobody likes to see that drop. I mean, that's painful. It's, it's – uh, it's a quick revaluation of, of a company that, you know, you felt was was moving around pretty well and, and navigating the environment very well. But, I mean, that's, again, the volatility that we talk about. Um, have to continue to be an investor and look at that three- to five-year time frame and, you know, think about where this company may be three or five years out. And at the moment, you know, we're, we're not panicking on Netflix. Again, we didn't like last week. We surely don't like how it feels or looks on the statements. But, uh, still see some underlying strength, and you know Netflix will continue to develop content and make the changes that it needs to make. So we'll uh, continue to follow the story, but also continue to be a holder and not panic off of the the, the price decline. Good morning, you're on WNIR with Walt Secure. Good morning. Uh, I know it's kind of depressing to see those numbers go down like that, but I always kind of get excited. I look at the uh, column for my dividends, and that didn't change at all. Every Three months, each company sends me a check, so I, I, uh, I, I don't get too excited over it going down. But I, I did have some, some of mine made new highs. I Hershey, Kimberly Clark, Union Pacific, Procter and Gamble, and Matson all made new highs. So there's a there's always a silver lining in some of this stuff, and there's probably some good opportunities on that list of record new lows on the on that one page of Barron's. There's probably a pearl in there somewhere. It went down for no apparent reason. But years ago, I bought one called Matson. Louis Rukeyser, years ago, was on a public television. He had a guy from Hawaii, and he said to buy Alexander and Baldwin, symbol A-L-E-X. They own uh, pineapple fields and real estate in Hawaii. And also Matson, symbol M-A-T-X. Uh, punch in M-A-T-X there, Matson. And that one is just kind of thing that's been laying around the portfolio for years. But all of a sudden, it's perked up, and it's always paid a dividend, so I didn't pay much attention. But have you ever looked at MATX, 
I have, yes. The ocean transport, right? And in Hawaii yeah, and yeah. China, and yeah, they they do transport. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Ken, you, you make a lot of great points here. I mean, I I agree with you 100. percent I mean, dividends are such a powerful story. Uh, the companies that pay them, that's a big reason why investors should should own stocks, and and a lot of them increase dividends, and that's uh, you know they do it year over year and. You know, it's hard to get a raise sometimes, but these stocks give you raises, you know, with the increases in their dividends. So I think, you know, and you're you're pointing to really good points of why, uh, beyond just the price movements up and down, and why you should be an investor. The uh, there's one called Realty Income, and it pays monthly, and that's uh, they own the shopping centers and they just spun off their uh, their office. Uh, uh, holdings to another company and gave, gave the stockholders uh, shares in that. that. A lot of these companies, all of a sudden I opened my statement and there's names in there I don't even know what they are, and I got to look them up, and people have been spinning off that one uh, aerospace company, spun off Carrier and uh, Otis Elevator, mm-hmm. Raytheon, Raytheon. Raytheon, right. Yeah, it, it's it's truly... The most exciting thing, better than a football game, to open the thing of Barron's every week and see all this, all this action for an old guy. I hope I don't have a heart attack over it, you know. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind uh, of yeah. exciting. But anyway, thanks for your uh, information and have a good week. Thank you. You too, Ken. Thank you much. Three three zero six seven three one two three four to Dr. Walt Secura of the AKW Group in Akron on Stock Talk. Uh, Procter and Gamble. Another long-term holding in your core equity portfolio. Their earnings last week were reported, and their stock uh, advanced a bit, even in light of the market sell-off. So P&G is still a solid company. Absolutely, Bob. One of our favorites. and kind of re- reinforces the point that you know Ken was just talking about. I mean, this is a company that raised their dividends 68 years in a row. Um, they currently pay 2.1%. You can't really find that anywhere out there in the fixed-income world. And uh, you know they 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 raise that dividend and they it's it's been a very good stock. Um, they they reported some pretty impressive earnings con- considering how much supply chain issues they're dealing with, uh, showing some revenue and earnings growth for the quarter. And again, this is a company that has you know 22 brands, I believe, of over a billion dollars and uh, brands like Pampers that are a 10 billion dollar brand worldwide. So. Uh, a company that we have owned for a long time and continue to like, and a company that, as Ken said, you know, with the market going down, is held in really, really strong. Also, uh, last week, United Healthcare posted some uh, strong results and uh, bucked a large sell-off last week. Its stock is holding firm. So, once more, healthcare stocks are they uh, worth considering? They really are, Bob. And I, I think United Healthcare, the report there, kind of made us feel a little bit better about the Humana holding that we have. Um, you know, healthcare is not going away, and and these insurers are you know very very important parts of of the overall you know industry. So uh, the the report was a good one. They showed us some some really good results: a 13% sales increase uh, for the quarter, 73.7 billion over 65.5 billion. Um, you know, really really strong numbers, and also really good profit numbers. So uh, an area we should consider to you know continue to think about. Now, banks, financial firms, they also reported last week, and even bank and brokerage services went down. So what are we uh, learning from the financial service sector? Well, there's there's been, you know, some, some good outlooks for banks. I think if you look at a lot of research, however, you know, their earnings for the quarter are, you know, coming in so-so. Um, 
Goldman Sachs, one we followed, tumbled after a, a small earnings miss. Uh, we saw Morgan Stanley report some decent numbers, but they fell. A lot of the regional banks, uh, PNC, Huntington, um, it, you know, you, you look at some of the numbers again, they're okay. A lot going on in the financial world, but uh, the interest rate environment, rising interest rates should help financials as we look out over the next year or two. So, again, an industry that we're paying really close attention to. And Microsoft, one of the other holdings in their core equity portfolio, they bought Activision Blizzard last week. They're going to pay over $68 billion for the company, their biggest acquisition ever. What does that mean for Microsoft in the stock? Well, we'll see if the deal goes through, Bob. I mean, they're going to have a, a tougher regulatory environment. You know, the Biden administration has been very outspoken about, uh, you know, antitrust type of regulation and how big these companies should become. But uh, for Microsoft, this is a really strong acquisition if it goes through. Um, uh, you know, you, you look at it, it, it should be accretive uh, to the company. Um, it should add, you know, revenues and profits pretty quickly. Uh, you know, the Activision is trading at a really fair fair price out there in the market. And I think it shows uh, Microsoft's uh, savvy. You know, this is a company that had $137 billion of cash on their balance sheet looking for something to do for, with it. So, uh, they don't have to worry about the financing of this deal. They can really do it out of uh, out of cash flow, and that's uh, really powerful. Uh, that's what these big tech companies have. You know, they have the ability to go out with this free cash flow and uh, make deals that a lot of other companies only dream about. So uh, we'll see if if it gets through the antitrust regulations. This should be a really good acquisition for Microsoft as you look over the next few years. Now, another one of the stocks that were favorites during the pandemic, like Netflix, but got beat up last week, was a Peloton, the company with those uh, home exercise machines. Now, you have that stock, stock uh, seeing it at $171 a share from its high down down to $27 a share. What do you think about the Peloton drop, and uh, would that make it of any interest to you? Well, I think, Bob, this is where you got to be careful with, with stocks. You know, I, I think Peloton had great equipment. Um, it obviously served a big purpose during the pandemic. I mean, it was, it's amazing workout equipment. Uh, however, a great equipment and a good company, that doesn't make a great stock. And the stock really got ahead of itself. Uh, we always talk about profitability here. I mean, even though there was really incredible revenue growth, the, the company never turned a profit. And, and then, you know, they grow when a company grows very fast sometimes, they're taking a lot of expenses on. They're, they're, you know, if they can control that growth is always a question. And now the the stock is kind of damaged because the company is trying to reset, um, get their cost structures back under control, uh, realizing that demand isn't going to be a straight up arrow that it's going to slow down. And uh, you know, so the company's trying to settle back in, but that just shows you, you know, an eighty five percent stock drop. Um, you know, for people that were, uh, you know, pounding the company, you know, the, the table on the company and thinking it was going to be just keep going up higher and higher and higher. Uh, that's not always the case. So you, you got to have a little bit of common sense uh, when you look at these companies and think about valuations. Uh, we talk about financial power and we talk about valuations. Valuations are very important. Uh, you know, when you think about these uh, these smaller companies that are, you know, bringing out new technologies, new products, new services, uh, you you got to, you know, continue to have that financial discipline. And it's a quick comment, uh, another big news item last week. Intel decided to build its own huge plant right here in Ohio outside of Columbus. Uh, great news for Columbus and Ohio and, uh, I guess, for the U.S. Uh, chip industry. It really is, Bob. I mean, we, we're a long-term holder of Intel. It's in our core equity portfolio. And, 
it is great to see Ohio, you know, get get a uh, foundry, uh, you know, chip manufacturing uh, like like Intel. Uh, the amount of jobs and and it you know it, it really bodes well from from a lot of areas and a lot of stakeholders uh, that, that pay attention to Intel. Once again, the AKW Group is affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company International, giving them all kinds of access to private equity services like uh, retirement planning, estate plan reviews, uh, tax analyses, and more. It's a part of all the services they provide to their clients. So if you're interested in any of those services, again, in addition to the investment part of what the AKW Group does, they are well equipped to handle those things for you, uh, really on any kind of level that you want them to. They have offices in Akron, in Fairlawn, at uh, 3560 West Market Street. They number there, 234-466-7476, 234-466-7476, and a branch office in suburban Pittsburgh in Washington, Pennsylvania, run by Sue Marshall, the AKW Group Pennsylvania. Their number is 412-480-5090. Those listening online in Pittsburgh, 412-480-5090 for the Pennsylvania office of the AKW Group. So, Walt Sakira, now next week, well, we're kind of hoping the market might might bounce back. Uh, what do you think? We got some really big reports this week, Bob. You know, companies like Microsoft and Apple and Johnson and Johnson, and and we said, you know, the Federal Reserve talking about interest rates and and their, you know, what they need to do for the economy. So, lots to pay attention to, Bob. And keeping our fingers crossed that uh, things will uh, maybe just get a bit better. Walt Secure, the AKW Group, 234-466-7476. When you call, tell him you heard him on WNIR, Kent Akron. Walt, have a great week. Talk to you next Sunday. E.T. Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Activision Blizzard Inc., symbol ATVI. Alexander and Baldwin Inc., symbol ALEX. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Carrier Global Corporation, symbol C-A-R-R. Goldman Sachs Group, symbol G-S. Hershey Corporation, symbol H-S-Y. Humana Inc., symbol H-U-M. Huntington Bank Shares Inc., symbol H-B-A-N. Johnson & Johnson, symbol J&J. Kimberly-Clark Corporation, symbol K-M-B. Matson Inc., symbol M-A-T-X. Microsoft Corporation, symbol M-S-F-T. Morgan Stanley, symbol M-S. Netflix Inc., symbol NFLX. Realty Income Corporation, symbol O. Otis Worldwide Corporation, symbol OTIS. Peloton Interactive, symbol PTON. PNC Financial Services Group Inc., symbol PNC. The Procter & Gramble Company, symbol PG. Raytheon Technologies Corporation, symbol RTX. United Healthcare Group Inc., symbol UNH. And Union Pacific Corporation, symbol UNP. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from Realty Income Corporation, Inc., symbol O, and Peloton Interactive, Inc., symbol PTON, in the past 12 months. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have been compensated by PNC Financial Group, Inc., symbol PNC, and Goldman Sachs Group, Inc., symbol GS, for non-investment banking securities-related services in the past 12 months.